Welcome to Freelance Feels, the podcast for humans who work for themselves. This episode, I speak to Gavin Oates, a keynote speaker and author. He shares how he began his career as a primary school teacher and now has four books to his name, including his latest, Life Will See You Now. We talk about loving freelance life and the wobbles that come with it, tempting us to get a so-called normal job, and how we as freelancers have a responsibility to take charge of our freelance happiness and goals, including how we set those goals and how goal setting can affect what we do and how we feel in business. There's chat on the love-hate of social media, having competition as a freelancer, as well as dealing with anxiety. This episode was recorded in July 2020. the podcast for humans who work for themselves. Today I'm chatting to Gavin Oates. Hello Gavin, how are you doing? I'm very well Jenny, how are you? I'm good thank you, thanks for joining me. You're chatting to me from Scotland today aren't you, where you're based? I am, I am. I am currently in Dunfermline which is in Fife on the east coast of Scotland, just about half an hour north of Edinburgh. Fantastic, oh thank you for joining me. I'd love if you could start by telling everybody sort of what is your freelance in inverted commas. I mean I don't know if you use that word or whether you say business owner or self-employed. Tell everybody all the myriad things that, that you do. Yeah, of course. So uh, there's a few things in there. So I, well, I, I actually just a little bit of background. I started as a primary school teacher. So that was that Ooh. was my background. Um, and I, I went on a workshop one day called Putting the Fun Back in the Staff Room, which I thought, well, that's going to be rubbish. Um, <laughs> Sounds a bit League of be, Gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was going to be really cheesy and awful, but I was so wrong. It was brilliant. It was inspiring. It was uplifting. It made me laugh. It made me cry. But most importantly, it really made me feel something about the world of education, the world of learning. Um, and I remember sitting there thinking, this is this person's job. They get to travel all over the world. Um, still still involved in education, still you know, getting to make a difference, which is why we go into education, of mm-hmm. course. Um, but they get to move about. They get to meet different audiences. It's not just primary schools, it's high schools, it's colleges, it's unis. And they were doing little bits with businesses as well. And I just thought, what a wonderful thing to be able to do. So I actually, I quit my job uh, that very day, phoned him, asked him for a job. He said yes. And we created a whole series of workshops for teenagers initially. And then over time, I actually got the opportunity to buy him out of his business and essentially start again. So that was about 11 and a half years ago now. I made the decision to start my own business, to become self-employed, mm-hmm. which was both terrifying and incredibly exciting all at the same time. And so what I do now uh, is I've built up a business that delivers a whole series of workshops in primary schools for children and for the teachers. We've got a whole series of workshops for secondary schools. That's the young people and the teachers again, and the support staff, of course. Um, And we now have programs for colleges, unis, and we have a huge amount of stuff that we do in the world of business. And everything revolves around this idea that we want to inspire the world, we want to make a difference. So there's a huge amount around mindset, around creativity, around fun at work and playfulness of all things. And in amongst all this, um, I'm now, most of my time is now spent delivering keynotes at conferences all over the world. Um, we have, uh, we do a lot of one-to-one coaching, and I also, I am now the author of four best-selling books, which I am incredibly proud of, uh, and still growing and still moving and still changing. So yeah, a whole bunch of things. I love it. Yes, we're going to chat all about the book, aren't we? Because your latest book is called Life Will See You Now, which right. is really, I mean, a lot of the stuff you write is very sort of, it's all about showing up and and being accountable for yourself and kind of, you know, reconnecting with the things that make you happy and not compromising. There's a real 
power to all the titles and kind of like life will see you now is really resonating for me at the moment as well because it's like well yeah. there's that choice isn't there we're gonna we're gonna delve into it I, I wanted to ask you first if you like freelance life I get the impression from the way you've described what you do that you do like self-employed life because you seem very positive about it do you no, um, I, do. Yeah. I, I do I mean I, I don't get me wrong I have my moments where I mm. can see it far enough um I think it doesn't happen often I think maybe twice a year I have a wobble Mm-hmm. where I think, do you know, I could just have a normal job. I could just go and work for someone else. I'll turn up um, just before nine o'clock. I'll give it my all, but at five o'clock, I can go home and I can switch off and I can just have that time with, with my wife and kids and or, or go and do, go to the cinema or whatever. And then 10 minutes later, I think, nah, I, I, I couldn't. I couldn't I couldn't go back to doing that again. Um I do love it. I think there is a huge amount of pressure comes working with working for yourself, of, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there are the sleepless nights. There are the worries. There are the concerns. But I love it because you do get that freedom. And it's all on you at the end of the day. You know, it's up to you to make sure that, that you are turning up and that you are making it happen and that you are giving it your all. And it's funny because I have friends who hate their job. Mm-hmm. They, they work as part of a, a big machine they moan about it constantly and they always say things to me like oh you're always so positive about your job and you must there must be things you don't like well there is but it's up to me to fix it it's up to me I can't I don't have somebody to go and speak to and say to them oh can you change the conditions of my working life please can I get a pay rise please can I get it I have to make it happen but the only way to make it happen is to get out there work hard give it everything and show people that you're damn good at what you do Oh my God, I love that. This came up yesterday when I was chatting to someone for their podcast and and we were saying that one of the most brilliant things, like you just said, about being freelance is actually when you're in a job, you might have to go to a boss and say, well, I'd really like to retrain or explore some other avenue. But well, no, you've got your targets and and your appraisals coming up or they've got their deadlines for this, that and the other. Whereas when you're self-employed, you can say, well, I'd I'd quite like to do a webinar this afternoon because I'm really interested in building my LinkedIn. Well, sod it, I'm going to join that webinar then. And I don't have to ask the boss if they mind if I spend an hour online and there is that ownership of, of all the positive, you know, you want to make a shift. Well, great, you know, look yeah. into it. Yeah, We're in charge right. of our own staff training, aren't we, essentially? <laughs> that's it. I think, I think for me, there, there comes a, a shift, though, in the, in the balance when as your business starts to grow, because then you have to decide, well, do I, do I employ someone? Do I, mm. do I bring them in to the team, you know, to allow me to focus on this? And, and we've, we've been through that process where we've, grown and grown and grown and grown the business from from you know one to three to six to eight to, and at one point at one point I ran a business with, with 27 people wow. um, but actually we don't have 27 people anymore mm. there are there are, there are seven people uh, within the business now um, and I think it's that thing where people think it's super exciting to grow and grow and grow and it mm. is and it's fun and it's scary but you get to a point where sometimes you maybe lose some of the stuff that you loved about being on your own uh you know that a little bit of freedom and a bit of movement mm. um you know 27 people that's 27 lots of problems as well as good things you know and you it's all it's on you so yeah. i think when, when you're on your own though it really is just you sometimes it can be lonely but um it's nice to have i, I enjoy having a small team um and i think uh, there are huge benefits to that yeah, it's funny because I guess you're also sort of responsible. You know, there's the paychecks and there's their well-being. You know, you suddenly all of that. Yeah, that's a lot of suddenly a, a lot of then responsibility on your emotional health to make sure everyone else is okay, yeah. especially when you work in Absolutely. the type of work that you do as well. You know, it's 
Yeah. I mean, our, our team are busy. They're out on the road all the time. Well, not recently, but of course, mm. uh, they've been. They're out on the road a lot. They are giving their all as they stand up there in front of audiences every single day. And um, no, it's it's an exhausting it's an exhausting line of work that we're in, but it's so rewarding and and it's so exciting. And you just get a buzz every day of being up in front of an audience. And that's why we do it. You know, you get to make that difference, and you know, you, you just drive home at night absolutely buzzing from from doing what you do brilliant oh i love it i'm feeling really positive this is great <laughs> i'm getting a good like it's funny because i've been doing lots of chats before lockdown i would go and meet people and i'd have tried to engineer coming up to see you even because i really wanted to meet the people i was interviewing but obviously we're doing zoom and i wondered how much of a connection i'd get compared to being in person but i'm really getting a yeah. lot of energy from our chat so i hope that people are going to get that energy too yeah yeah i hope so cool so the book, Life Will See You Now, like it's all about showing up for yourself. And the idea is that there's, you know, we're all looking for the light at the end of the tunnel, but you could light up the tunnel for yourself. That, that's sort of the concept, isn't it? If I, well, I have got that no, right. That's it. Yeah. That's it. I think we've all, we've all had moments in our life where we, we kind of sit about waiting for good stuff to happen or we're dreaming about something. And But it's, it's always amazed me how many people, the difference between the type of person who just goes and makes it happen and those that don't. Um, one of the things I, I challenge in the book though is what does making it mean? You know, in, yeah. in business, whether you're freelance or not, you know, there's a lot of people out there trying to make it. But what does that actually mean? Because like when you're a teenager and you say to somebody, yeah, I want to make it, that probably means you want to be famous. You know, yes. it probably yeah. means you want to have the millionaire lifestyle that you think everybody has because you look at Instagram too much and things like that. Mm. Um, you know, I, I know that when I was a teenager, I, I wanted to make it, but my, my goal was to make it, in, uh, not in primary school teaching, I was going to say that, but it wasn't, it was stand-up <laughs> comedy, that's, that's what I wanted oh. to do, being stand-up, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to make it, and I remember my mum and dad saying, what, what do you mean? I'm going, well, I'm just going to make it, but that, it's so hard to define, and what I've discovered is that in business, it's the same, there's all these people out there trying to make it, but they don't know what that is, they, they don't know what it means. I think to begin with, people are, yeah, I'm going to make my fortune, I'm going to make millions of pounds. But that doesn't mean you're going to be happy. Mm. It doesn't mean you're going to feel safe and peaceful and calm and energised and all, all these kind of things. And, you know, my, my business journey has been really interesting and it's been so up and down and all over the place. And I did pursue stand-up comedy and at the time I thought it was a huge, big failure. And then years later I was like, it took me around the world twice. Mm. I met the best people. I won awards, I sell out shows. I totally made it. I just didn't That's become amazing. famous. And make, yeah. I just didn't become famous and make lots of money out of it. But I had a ball and it's given me a lifetime of stories um, to share with, with my family. And it was it was also pre-social media days, which makes it even more special because I think that'd have been dangerous. <laughs> you'd be on uh, YouTube all over the shop now, wouldn't yeah. you? Be on all the Instagrams and oh, in the book. Cool. In the book, I wanted to challenge this this whole idea of, of what making it actually means. And and for me, the book is like, a, I describe it as being like your favourite album from back in the 90s when we all actually bought albums. The kind of album that, you know, there's, there's the tracks on there that blow your mind and lift you and make you feel amazing. There's the tracks on there that bring you back down, make you sad, might actually make you cry, but all for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. And then there's a couple of tracks that are just weird. They're growers. And it's not until six weeks later, six months later, that you go back. And then two years from now, they're actually your favourite tracks. And for me, I wanted Life Will See You Now to be like that album. You take it everywhere with you. It, it travels with you throughout your life and you mm. keep dipping in and out to your favourite song. 
the weird song, the uplifting song, the one that brought you back down and when you need it, the one that makes you cry, and then the really obscure. Do you remember the days of hidden tracks on albums where you would uh, you would finish the last track and before like you'd be falling asleep and then 20 minutes later a weird noise started. Oh my God, I'm, yeah. I've, I've also got a chapter in there that I think represents the, the hidden track that freaks you out a little bit. So. There's a hidden yeah, track I, a bit like... Um, I don't know, that thing that you end up doing for your career that you didn't ever imagine you would do or that kind of thing. I love that. Oh, I've forgotten about it. Yeah, absolutely. We've all got we've all got a hidden track. Uh, and um, but no, so I mean the book it's an incredibly uplifting book, but actually it's a very real, honest book. And mm-hmm. there's a chapter in there called Confidently Lost, where I talk about my own feelings with anxiety and my own issues with with my own mental health which we all have but most people don't talk about and yeah. and the, the role that that's played in my career as a speaker as an author as putting myself out there in the public eye getting up on stage what that does in here in, in my head and in my in my chest before I take to the stage and so there's stuff in there that I've never really told people about um and I wasn't sure whether to put it in or not but actually I think you know in the world of freelancing in the world of being self-employed there's huge anxieties for people mm. um and I think the more we address them and the more we talk about them, uh, the better we can make it for other people out there who are, who are new. I'm so glad you've mentioned that. I'd love it if you would share any particular coping strategies that you have when it comes to anxiety. Is there anything that you do in particular that you'd suggest for people to be able to perhaps put into practice as well for when they might be feeling yeah. that way? No, for sure. I mean, apart mm. from the, the, the more, let me call them common strategies or or, or obvious strategies like talking to people and, yeah. and things like that. I mean, it's funny because the talking to people one's an interesting one because when when anxiety, like I'm one of these people who's lived his whole life with that sort of low level anxiety, but every now and then it just explodes, Jenny. And I mean, it mm-hmm. goes for it. And it can last three to six months and it's awful. Yeah. I, just, yeah. I just perform my way through it, which is not always the right thing to do. But I think People, people say all the time, it's okay, to, we hear the phrase, it's okay to not be okay, and you have mm. to talk about it. But the reality is, it doesn't feel like it's okay, and it doesn't feel like you can talk about it, but it's so true. Finding that person you can talk to changes everything. Writing stuff down changes everything, mm. but there's a particular technique which um, I read in a book called, oh, let me get this right, The Happiness Trap. Oh, um, I like the sound of that. I've forgotten the guy's name. Do you know what? I'll I'll I shall Google it as we're chatting as well and see if I he shares a technique called um I'm having the thought that. So let me explain. So if you're one of these people who let's give the example of lying in your bed at night and you can't sleep because mm-hmm. your anxiety's kicking off. And that tends to be when it hits a lot of people. Your brain starts to race. Most people would maybe lie there thinking over and over again can't sleep I can't sleep I'm never going to get to sleep this is horrendous I'm never going to get sleep I'm going to be exhausted in the morning this is awful I'm still not sleeping if you think like that pause for a wee while take a deep breath and change the words that are in your head from I can't sleep to I'm having the thought that I can't sleep okay and you just think that over I'm having the thought I can't sleep I'm having the thought that I'm going to be tired in the morning now it might sound a bit odd but just by making that sentence that mm. wee bit more, you're almost distancing the thought from yourself a wee bit more. You do that a few times, then you take another deep breath, and then you change it to, I appear to be having the thought that I'm not able to sleep. And you're just stretching it out a wee bit again. And I remember reading this in, in The Happiest Trap, thinking that's not going to 
that that's that's ridiculous. That's that's not going to work. Um, uh, it's too simple. It can't be that easy. But I'm going to try it because during a particular example for me in 2018, um, I was really struggling with my anxiety, and I and I thought I'm going to give this a shot. It's up for trying anything. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it. it. 15, 20 minutes of just running through these different ways of saying it, adding more to the sentence, running through it, adding more to the sentence. I actually genuinely felt the weight coming off my shoulders and I fell asleep. I fell asleep for the first time in a good few nights. I woke up in the morning and I thought, that's absolutely incredible. The following night, tried it again, got to sleep. And for me, that technique has been a game changer. Uh, and any time I can feel that anxiety starting on that higher level, I start running through, I'm having the thought that, and then I change it to, I appear to be having the thought that, and it takes it away. And another big thing is running. I'm not a natural runner, but oh my goodness me, Jenny, running changes everything. And I don't really enjoy running during it, but at the end, when you've run for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, however long, it it lifts all that stuff out your head and off your shoulders. So yeah, running, it works. I agree with you. I, I'm like, I've often, I mean, I've, I've been a runner to the extent that I did, I ran the London Marathon about 12 years ago. <laughs> that level of, well, I, I plodded the London Marathon, but um. I've now officially sort of said I never want to run again sort of thing but I, I know that feeling from swimming as well and I'm very much post lockdown oh, yeah. now seeking out we've got a local lido near where I live and it's like I'm just determined to because with running and swimming you see you can't you can't be going along texting scrolling on Instagram or anything can you unless yeah. you're going to trip over so you've got to kind of detach from life a little bit which is the wonderful you part do. of that kind of no you're right and it's, it's quite uh swimming in particular is quite a solitary thing but in a good way mm. um and you just get to switch off and you're in your own wee you're kind of you're, you're kind of present in that moment for me though when i'm running like i have to have music on okay. um and it, and it has to be big rock anthems oh know, yes just in, and I, i'm just i'm in i'm in the music at that point uh yeah. and it doesn't matter how rubbish the run is or how terrible the weather is it just it just keeps me going but yeah no running and swimming are, are, are big ones and it's amazing how many people i talk to and they're like oh but i'm not a runner i'm not a runner like i i i, I ran the london marathon three years ago i was meant to be oh, doing it this year again but of course it, it's it's not well they're saying it might happen in october i just don't mm. i don't see how but anyway but i think that you know running a marathon never ever thought i'd be able to do it but that day was the most uplifting and inspiring day i think i've ever experienced in my entire life just 40,000 people all running in the same direction with purpose for a positive reason, whether that's to set a personal best, remember a loved one, support a charity, win. Mm. That wasn't my goal, but anyway, for some people it is. Um, and uh, all going in the same direction, all walks of life. Just, it was just the most positive experience I've, I've ever had. And I remember actually at um, mile 21, uh, there was a guy with a, a fishing rod in the, the crowd and a sign hanging on the end. And it said free honks to keep you going. And on the end, there was a big horn, a big, like an old fashioned squeezy horn. Uh, and everybody was just running up, jumping it and squeezing it. Uh, and I, I did the same. And it just gave me this huge lift, only for about 20 meters. But hey, it was mile 21. But I just loved that idea of free honks to keep you going. I love uh, it. Yeah. Everyone looking out for each other and, and heading in that same direction. It was brilliant. I feel like I now want a horn on the office wall so that I can, <laughs> like, Honk. I might try and get one or a little bell, do some like honks are better though. Honk, honks to keep yeah. you going. I love that as well because it makes you. It's sort of that idea of everyone cheering for you. It's not often in life that everyone's on 
everyone else's side. Whereas actually you're right with a marathon or even a 10K or a half marathon, the crowd is cheering for everyone. Everyone running is in the same boat. Everyone's yeah. on the same side, aren't they? That's quite rare, actually. Yeah. You're, absolutely, you're absolutely right. Um, I mean, especially look at the world just now. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, I think in the world of freelance, we need, we need to cheer each other on. We yeah. need to not be competition. I hate the whole competitor thing. I think it gets forced on you, or they, they're a competitor of yours, and all others. Tell, tell me about your competition. No one, if, I, I'm a firm believer, Jenny, that if in, in your particular market space, if you, if, if you and others are in it for the right reasons, then there's room for everybody. Um, exactly. And I think as soon as you come up against somebody who sees you as their competition, I, I tend to back away from these people at that point because I just, it's just not fun. It's just not exciting. Mm -hmm. And if there was ever a time that we now need people to pull together and collaborate and look out for each other and have that connection, well, it's right now. Yeah. It reminds me of something you said in the book as well. It says, remember, you don't have to be doing what everybody else is doing. And that sort of taps into that idea of competition. You see someone else. Oh, and I, and I know we're all guilty of that. People probably see me loading up the podcast and, oh, Jenny's doing a podcast. Why aren't I doing a podcast? And then I look at so-and-so who's got a book deal about freelancing. I think, well, how come they've got a book deal about freelancing? I want one of those, you know, but it's, yeah, you, a, you can't be doing what everybody else is doing. It's impossible, but you, you yeah. don't have to be. I thought, let, let's sort of like to explore that sort of over comparison self comparison that comes out of that idea of you don't have to be doing what uh, everyone else so is right. doing but yeah. we do it all the time i mean it's so especially with social media you've got this access to see what everybody else is doing mm -hmm. continuously and there are people out there who work their social media brilliantly and they show you everything well they show you the good stuff and mm -hmm. we, we've all read and heard this a million times about social media and we know that a lot of people are not showing us the, the true picture. I mean, I've been blown away through lockdown by the number of people who have just gone on and said, do you know what? I'm struggling. My mm -hmm. business is taking an absolute kicking. Um, I don't know if I'm going to come through this. And they've just they've just bared their soul and actually bared the journeys that you've seen now start to take off because people have gone, there's a real human right there. We can, yeah. get, we can, get, we can get behind this because actually we're all kind of in that boat right now. Um, and I think uh, it's it's so easy to to compare yourself mm -hmm. um and it's also easy to paint a different picture of yourself on on social media and i think we need to take like i, I get social media like i use it i do the whole social media thing but i also can't stand it i cannot stand the amount of time we have to spend on it to promote ourselves i cannot mm. i cannot bear to switch on in the morning and see all the negativity all the nonsense all the rubbish and you do have to filter through it you have to pick through it and find the good stuff yeah but i think um you know as you've mentioned in the book we don't have to be doing what everybody else is doing and it might feel at times like you have to because everyone else is doing it um but actually if you carve out your own ideas and your own way of doing things and you shout about that loud it's amazing how many people will come with you when you when you find your audience and mm -hmm. I, th I think part of the problem is we all want to be liked we all want to be good yeah. at what we do we all want to be successful but guess what you're not going to please everyone and i think a long time ago i accepted that i'm not everybody's cup of tea and i think as soon as i accepted that things just got easier mm. that is so, that really resonates for me because there's certain people and i think especially in the media my industry especially with journalism it is very much you know there's there's certain groups 
of, of journalists who are like, oh, look at what my friend so-and-so did. Oh, you're my friend too. I like your article. And it is a bit like being in like the playground at a girl's school where yeah. they're all like, no, your hair's prettier. And then I feel like I'm sat on the edge going, oh, I wish my hair looked like your hair. You know, that kind of playground analogy. But, you know, you never know what other people are thinking either, do you? They're probably looking over at us and thinking, oh, if only I ran my business like, like Gavin does, or if only I did so-and-so like Jenny does. You never know what they're thinking at the same time, do you? So true, so true. And I think you can get yourself all caught up in wondering what they're thinking or just just get your head down and crack on. Yeah, absolutely. I saw a thing on Instagram the other day and someone, it was like on the left, it was a list of all the things you think someone's thinking about you. So it's like, are they judging me for how I look on Zoom? Are they judging my social media? Are they judging my career? And then it said on the right, what they're actually thinking about. And it just said, themselves. <laughs> and I thought, God, that's so true. Everyone's just worrying about their own stuff, aren't they, more than anything? Yeah. yeah. If, yeah. if you're spending your time worrying about other people, then you need to ask yourself why. Um, mm -hmm. And I think um, I think it says a lot. If, if, if somebody's spending all day, every day, freaking themselves out about what other people are doing, we need to ask ourselves why, and we need to take a long look at ourselves and sort it. Because really the only thing you're thinking about is, is how you choose to learn, how you choose to think, how you choose to behave, you know, how you choose to have impact. That's what matters. Yeah. And it can be really time consuming, can't it? Looking at other people. I think, by God, if I added up the hours, probably within a week that I look at other people's social media and compare myself, it's like, well, that's, yeah. that's, I don't want to do that, actually, because I don't want to know how many hours I spend doing it. It's slightly worrying. Can you imagine how many miles you've scrolled with your thumbs? <gasps> Oh my god! You know, a, mil a million years from now, um, can you imagine how big thumbs are going to be? Like we'll five million years, Jenny, we're just going to be thumbs. <laughs> thumbs. Be we'll just be big thumbs that roll about in the ground, but our faces will be made of screens. But we don't look at each other in the eye because we can't anymore. Oh, I, 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 there's a bit in the new book. Um, it's, uh, I got this from a, a fantastic study that the BBC did. Mm. On the back of our skulls. That little lumpy bit of bone at the base of your skull, just above oh, your yeah. neck, the that we all heads. have, <laughs> over the last 20 years, it has grown in, in human skeletons. It's actually having, the human skeleton is having to evolve because we spend so much time now with our heads down um, that, of course, we're not, the skeleton's not built to take the weight of the head at that angle looking down mm. at bone. But because we spend so much time with our head forward now, the human skeleton is actually having to evolve, and I don't know about you or, or the listeners, but I'm not okay with that. <laughs> no, that's really freaking me out, actually. I'm actually touching the back of my head and thinking, oh, my God, this feels really weird now. But that's... <laughs> oh, my goodness. So the answer is yes, get out and do some running as well. Could take, put your phone away and go and do some exercise, get some fresh air. Look up, look, up, look at the sky, remind yeah. yourself. Yeah, take those little moments in. It's funny because with the, with the tunnel thing, I love the tunnel analogy and the light at the end of the tunnel and everything, but I thought, I wondered what you think about the idea that, you know, sometimes it can be hard when you're self-employed. You sort of think, well, yeah, I'd love, I'd love to light up the tunnel. I'm not going to wait for the light at the end of it. But I'm so stressed with my freelance work. I can't, I don't even know where the torch is. I don't even know how I would look for a lamp. Sort of, but we know we need to do that. So would there be any advice for people who might be in that situation who are thinking, I can't light up the tunnel. I don't know where the batteries are for the torch, you know, but but they probably do if they work out a mechanism for, for realising where the torch is or the batteries are. Yeah, I think, I, think, I mean, it goes back to something I said earlier about, you know, if there was, 
you know, the, the idea of, of being there for each other and finding your like-minded people that are in your market space, those that are willing to talk to you and listen to you. And I think freelance can be very lonely. Um, mm. And if you're feeling like that, it doesn't help. It's not helped by the fact that you are often on your own. Um, and I think it's really important for people to get out there uh, and, and connect with other people. And actually, that's where social media can be a good thing. You know, you're mm. able to find build an audience and make connections with people um and i think ask lots of questions you know if you are keen to light up that tunnel for yourself but you don't know where to start well you can either wander about in the dark or we can go and start talking to people we can start we can pick up some books we can do i mean all of a sudden the amount of online offerings that are now free uh, yeah. to, to the world since, since covid19 hit do it say i mean i i did a i did a qualification in play in the first month uh, run by one one of the unis in england it's not like a big fancy qualification it was just a few weeks a couple of times a week doing bits and pieces and i've got this little certificate saying that i've completed this qualification in playfulness and i I love it that's brilliant and i I just think you know it ties in with the work that i do particularly in education Mm. i'm doing a lot in business at the moment around playfulness and actually I've already got businesses getting in touch saying, do you know what, as we start to come back now, we need a bit of this. We need mm. to lift our people. We need our people to connect. We need our, you know, we're coping with change and adversity and all this sort of stuff. We need to create this uplift. We need to bring people together. And the only way to do that is to is to make them feel great. Um, so all of a sudden, I'm selling stuff about playfulness and I'm, I'm writing stuff about playfulness in my books and People are like, yeah, but plays just for children. No, it's not. Oh, hell it's, no. <laughs> the, the official breakdown of play is imagination, creativity, and innovation. There's three things that we need to be a freelancer mm. um, or in any business, I might add. Um, so all of a sudden, here's what I'm talking about. And that's because I found myself in a weird place where there was no business coming in because there was a global pandemic. Mm. So I jumped online, found a cool qualification, did it, wrote stuff about it, and put it out there. So... I, I had to make that happen because nobody else was going to do it. Yeah, you were lighting it up. I love I love that as well that you said that you sort of then wrote about it because I've recently been sort of delving into like using LinkedIn more and stuff and people keep saying, well, well post more articles on LinkedIn. And, and I did a I did a blogging, a one-week blogging course because um, yeah. while I do blog, I kind of think you can never not learn something new about the thing that, yeah. that you think yeah. you're okay at sort of thing. But and, and, yeah, the idea that if you write more about what's going on in your industry people will find that and then say oh we want you to come and talk to our company about that so that's great that you then shared it and wrote about it, it kind of almost took from yeah. the learning through to the that's something else people can do i guess is yeah blog about it do a linkedin article show that's people it, you you're know, there <laughs> well, well i was going to say i mean especially if you are a freelance you how, how are they going to hear about you if you're not out and, and at the moment we can't physically be out mm. a lot of the time because of what's happened so you the, the way to put yourself out there is on your LinkedIn's and, and so on. And LinkedIn can be good. It can be a dreadful place as well. I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean, LinkedIn is it's turning into Facebook. It's mainly full of people telling you why your marketing's rubbish, and it really it's really frustrating me. But in amongst it all, but then again, you get to choose who your who your audience is, and it's that's the thing. Like people moan about their Facebook. Oh, it's full of these people I went to school with and. You know, I have not even I wasn't a friend then, and I don't even know why they're on my Facebook. Well, remove them, take, yeah. take them off, or hide them. No, they don't need to know that you've unfollowed them. You can do the exact same thing in LinkedIn. You can accept uh, connection requests, but you you can hide them all, and you can choose who your audience is and who you engage with. But 
again, it's making that conscious decision to, to do it and to get out there. And it can be exhausting, you know. Mm. Sometimes you don't want to get out of your bed in the morning. Get up early, go a run, come back. You'll be absolutely buzzing after your run and that will see you through till your dinner time. Love it. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. And one last thing I, I wanted to ask you was about another book you wrote called Zest, um, which was yeah. with Andy Cope, who I've also had on, on the podcast. Yeah. Um, and this is all about sort of get, squeezing the most out of life. And, and I love that concept of sort of, you know, being positive in your job and just going for it. And like, like I imagine that sort of squeezing. And then there's something else in it about being a grown up, G-R-O-A-N, like groaning. And I just thought it might be nice to sort of finish off just chatting about the idea of sort of yeah, squeezing the most out of your freelance life and, and being a grown up in the context of being self-employed as well. Well, that's it. I think I'm a firm believer that we, we grow up far too quick um, and it's time for the world to grow down a little bit. And this idea of becoming uh-huh. a grown up, as, as, you, as you pointed out, we spell it G-R-O-A-N and there's an awful lot of grown ups in, mm-hmm. in, in the world right now. And one of the ways I talk about it in, you know, when I'm on stage at, at conferences and stuff, I talk about this idea that, you know, when, when we were kids, you were always the first to want to go out and build a den in the garden. Mm. Um, even though maybe mum said something like, yeah, but it's going to rain in an hour. And this is this is for me, this is one of the big problems we have in the world, not, not just in business, not just among freelancers, but there's far too many people out there, adults, who have made that shift both in their head and in their hearts that they've made that shift from being the person who wants to go out and build a den in the garden to becoming the person that thinks and says, but it's going to rain in an hour. And for me, that oh. just represents that that shift where mm. we've almost, it's like there's a kind of conscious decision made to, right, I'm, I'm not a child anymore. I'm not going to play anymore. I'm not going to fun anymore. I'm not going to be excited. I'm going to take myself far too seriously and try and be dead professional and do this, this and this. And there's so many people out there taking themselves far too seriously that they're forgetting or that they have forgotten that actually life is about being. You know, it's this idea of, you know, and Andy Cope and I talk a lot about this idea of do less and be more. Mm. And, and, and that works on so many different levels and will mean so many different things and resonate so many different ways for so many different people. But do less, be more, be in the moment, allow yourself to be playful, allow yourself to see and feel and hear the opportunities and be vulnerable. And this idea of, I mean, I, I meet a lot of people around the business community and most of them are lovely, but my goodness, some of them need to just chill out and, <laughs> and, and just grow down that little bit and uh, and remember that um we you know we get we get one shot at this thing called life you know and actually speaking of Andy Cope Andy Cope's become a, or Dr Andy Cope as he is now yes. Andy's Andy's a great friend of mine and we've actually written three books uh, together now and and there's a fourth one in 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 the pipeline but oh awesome um, that's cool Andy Andy um he once told me this wonderful thing that appears in a lot of his other books. He said to me, uh, he said, Gav, there was a moment in my life where, and he maybe mentioned this on his interview with you, he said, there was a moment in my life where I realised that everywhere I go, I'm there. And I remember thinking, well, yeah, obviously. And he's like, no, no, like, no matter where I am, where I go, what I do, how fast I'm running, I'm stuck with me. And he said, if I'm stuck with me, Gavin, then you're stuck with you. And if you're going to be stuck with you for the rest of your life, then you might be might as well be stuck with a version of you that you can be incredibly proud of, excited by, happy for. And I just remember thinking it's such a simple, obvious thing to say mm-hmm. that everywhere you go, you're stuck with you. But see, in the freelance world, you're really stuck with you. Like you are <laughs> yeah. so, so stuck with you. Mm-hmm. 
So let's be stuck with a version of ourselves that is the best version of ourselves that we can be every day incredibly proud of. It's made me go tingly. I feel like I've just had a bit <laughs> of a, an epiphany. But it's, it's, it's so true. It's like, oh my God, yes. Wow, that, that's quite a big moment there. I'm like, I keep saying to people, they're like, what's it doing a podcast like? I'm like, it's kind of like free therapy. <laughs> like yeah no but it is you just learn these little things and you sort of think wow that's that's really powerful that is like yeah you know be be a nice person to be around because you're hanging out with you all the time that's simple that is fantastic oh Gavin thank you so much um I found the book online that we were talking about the happiness trap is Russ Harris so Russ people Harris. are interested in that one um it's got a beautiful cover actually with a little hummingbird coming out of the cage yeah. I can see on there so that's the one that you mentioned but I would love it if you wanted to mention um, where people can find you, you know, if people want to reach out for business and, and yeah, sure. looking some time to talk about play or, or anything else you do or where they'll find the book. Tell us all everywhere they can they can find yeah, you yeah, and your stuff. Well, all, all, all the books, uh, I mean, ideally we'd all be buying them from little independent bookshops, mm-hmm. who, who, which are now back open, but of course you can get them on all the, the normal big websites like Amazon and so on. But there's Life Will See You Now, which is the new one. Um, there's Shine and Zest, which I also wrote with Andy, and then there's Diary of a Brilliant Kid, Top Secret Guide to Awesomeness that we wrote for the kids, uh, which is out there. And um, again, you get them on all the all the websites. You can find me at gavinoaks.com. Uh, my business is called Tree of Knowledge, which is uh, treeof.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and the best way to get a hold of me is on things like LinkedIn, Twitter, I've got my Gavin Oates Facebook, my speaker page on Facebook, but um, my handle on Twitter is just Gavin Oates, and that is Oates with two T's and an E. Uh, and I am always up for a chat. Fantastic. Oh, Gavin, thank you so much for joining me. It's been absolutely brilliant. I really appreciate your time, and I wish you wish you all the best with your, your business. Thank yeah, you too, Jenny. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Freelance Feels, the podcast for humans who work for themselves. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, and if you have, you can rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and follow for future episodes. You can find more about Freelance Feels at freelancefeels.com and more of my work at jennystallard.com. Freelance Feels also has a monthly newsletter, which you can sign up to at freelancefeels.substack.com. And for daily updates, follow on Instagram and Twitter at freelance underscore feels.